Disclaimer. In this chapter, we will be discussing multiple murders, domestic violence, child abuse, and animal abuse. The details may be triggering for some listeners. This will be the only warning. Please do not listen if you are sensitive to this topic. Yay! Henry Lee Lucas! Hey, everyone. Hey, Brie. What are you doing? I do that now because everybody says, hey, how's it going? How's your week been? Yeah, Henry Lee Lucas, the uh, confession killer. Mm Mm-hmm. Notorious AF. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so Henry Lee Lucas was born on August 23rd, 1936 in Blacksburg, Virginia. We know a couple of Virgos. Um, we know somebody born on August 23rd. Hmm. Coincidence? Yeah. I think not, honestly, at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, Henry was born to Anderson and Viola Lucas. His parents were both alcoholics, and his father was known as Anderson No Legs Lucas due to having lost his legs. That's <laughs> fucked up. That's dark humor, but it's fucked up. Due to having lost his legs in a workplace accident by a railroad, forcing him to make a living by manufacturing alcohol illegally. So, Who, who's calling him that? And are they calling that to his face? Yeah. Did he say, they call me Anderson No Legs Lucas? I mean, it's hard to say because, you know, you go back to the 1930s. I don't know anybody that was here that knew them, so I don't know. But it says he... Maybe let's not call him Anderson No Legs Lucas. Just just out of respect. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So he was making a living by making alcohol illegally. So I think that means he... I assume that that means he made moonshine and sold it. But I don't know for sure. Anderson would die when Henry was just 14 years old after he got stuck in a snowstorm and passed out from being too drunk. Um, He died of hypothermia. Some say that Anderson was also subjected to Viola's abuse and that he purposely stayed out in the cold, believing that he would unalive himself. Henry's mother was a prostitute who would bring her Johns home and at times would service those men in front of family members. Yo, I am so not part of the era of, like, using this as a thing. Would bring her Johns home. I was literally going, her what? Did you, like, not put that in right? Did you... you That's what they're called. She'd bring men home, right? Her clients. Her clients. Her Johns. That's so offensive to every John. (laughs) That's what they're (laughs) called. Um, So Viola would deliberately dress Henry as a girl even going so far as to roll his hair up into rag curls and send him off to school with no shoes. Obviously, Henry was viciously bullied at school for this. He also had to face Viola's wrath when the teacher felt sorry for him and bought him a pair of shoes. Viola beat her son for accepting charity. Okay, first of all, if your mom's not letting you go to school with shoes, hide the fucking shoes. (laughs) Hide the shoes, put the shoes on on the way to school, put them back in the spot when you come home from school. Mm. My gosh, these kids. So you're blaming the kid for... For sure. (laughs) That one piece, for sure. Learn. (laughs) This woman also killed any animals that uh, Henry tried to keep as a pet. 
and denied him medical attention when his brother accidentally cut his eye with a knife. This led to an infection, and then his eye had to be surgically removed as a result of the infection. You know, I hate when I accidentally cut people's eyes. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. just such And I a mean, thing. that's been, that's, every time you see a video or anything of Henry Lee Lucas, we all wonder, like, what happened to his eye. That's the real story. His brother accidentally, quote unquote, cut it with a knife. And uh, his mom did nothing about it, didn't take him to a doctor, and it got infected, and it was surgically removed. And, like, what did he try to keep as a pet? Like, this is a this is a killer that we're talking about, so I'm just thinking, like, was he bringing back a possum? And she was like, what the fuck? And then she drowned a possum? Or was it, like, he was bringing back a spider? And she was like, ah! Bam, bam, bam! And, like, is it dead? Or was he bringing back a cat or a dog? Anything. So, yeah, but like all I'm saying is he's obviously a little fucked up. So <laughs> he is, but his mother's also a terrible human being. Um, she once beat Henry with a piece of lumber that put him into a coma off and on for three days. She actually left him laying where she hit him um, for three days. Um, she had his siblings bring him in the house at some point where he continued to be in a coma. Um, the is living lover or pimp who they knew as Uncle Bernie, eventually oh took him to the hospital. Um, seems like maybe decent guy Uncle Bernie was, but hang on. In the demerit column, Uncle Bernie introduced Lucas to the joys of bestiality, teaching the boy how to kill the animals after they'd been tortured and sexually abused. Um, in March 1951, the 15-year-old Henry picked up a 17-year-old girl near Lynchburg, Virginia, propositioned her, and then strangled her when she rejected him. He buried the corpse in the woods near Harrisburg, Virginia. Lucas confessed to the murder um, in 1983. Three years later, he was sent to prison for six years, convicted of the crime of burglary. Lucas escaped from prison twice in 1957, but he was caught both times. So to me, that's telling... Okay, so 15-year-old Henry killed a 17-year-old girl? Holy crap. Like, mm -hmm. So, no, like, literally, he started before he was even an, an adult. Mm -hmm. So he was messed up right from the get-go. Right. right from the get-go. Yeah. Um, on September 2nd, 1959, he was released from prison and moved in with his sister in Michigan. But now his elderly mother demanded that he returned with her to Blacksburg. It was there on the night of January 11th, 1960, that Viola, being drunk, struck Henry, who was also very drunk, with a broom to which Henry snapped back and stabbed her to death. Word. Mm -hmm. After his arrest, uh, Henry confessed that he had sexually assaulted his no, mother's corpse. Jesus. Not word. Oh my God. Though he soon recanted a pattern of behavior that was a hint of things to come. So. Having sex with dead things? And recanting, confessing and recanting his confessions. Oh, oh okay. Um, he was sentenced to 20 to 40 years in prison for killing his mom. Um, he was soon transferred to the state hospital for the criminally insane, where he remained for six years. So they knew he was crazy, and mm. then he was confessing. They're like, oh, yeah, that's great. You want another burger? So he, not yet, but <laughs> not yet. So yeah. he was sentenced to 20 to 40 years in prison, transferred to the uh, mental institution, and ended up serving six years. 
because he was paroled on June 3rd, 1970. He moved in with his relatives um, back in Michigan. However, he again started breaking the law in December 1971. He was charged with molesting two teenage girls, a uh, charge later reduced to simple kidnapping. You know, it really makes me wonder, like, what makes the difference of the people who get abused and traumatized and decide to, you know, be better and better their lives compared to these people who actually just end up deciding to be a piece of shit in any possible way that they can be. Mm -hmm. Anger or not, like anger can come out in multiple different ways. I, I'm just so, it's just such an interesting thing. Some people eat themselves to death and other people decide to cause harm and pain to people who never did a thing to them. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. So after his conviction in 1971, he was sent to the state penitentiary but he was paroled in August of 1975 over his own objections. Henry did not want to be paroled. He got a job at a Pennsylvania mushroom farm. Uh, he ended up marrying his cousin's widow in December of that year. They moved to Maryland, but they broke up and his wife eventually divorced him in the summer of 1977, claiming that he had molested her daughters by a previous marriage. Which, obviously, we would believe with his prior history. Yeah. So now he's a cast out. Henry became a drifter, roaming throughout the South, uh, allegedly killing female hitchhikers as he traveled along the interstates that led from Texas to Florida. Fatefully, the now 40-year-old Henry met the 29-year-old Otis Toole in a Florida soup kitchen in late 1977. Otis was openly gay and Henry, being bisexual, hit it off immediately, becoming lovers and traveling companions. Whether they actually were serial killers together is questioned by some, but it's most likely true. They were both evil and sadistic people, so... Yeah, I remember watching stuff on it, and, like, the boyfriend was also mm -hmm. admittedly into some weird things. Otis Tool? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was... um. He was an arsonist mainly, but yeah. he had committed murders. Um, he confessed to and certain evidence led them to believe he he murdered Adam Walsh. So this is John Walsh's son who went missing in the 1980s from a Sears store. Um, it was unsolved. They basically just found the boy's head. Um it's a it's a brutal case, and um, little Adam was missing for years and years and years, and this is how John Walsh became um, such an advocate for missing and exploited children. Um, he does the America's Most Wanted. Um, that all started from his grief and pain about losing his son, who was abducted from Sears while his wife was looking at something. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's another story we could cover in another time, but this is the same dude. For sure, that's crazy. Wow. Mm-hmm. So in 1978, Toole and Lucas moved in with uh, Otis's mother and sister in Jacksonville, Florida. Henry fell in love with Otis's 10-year-old female cousin, Frida Becky Powell, um, whom he eventually adopted and lived with his husband and wife. But that's down the road a little bit. Otis sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Toole is Otis, Otis, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Lucas is Henry. Yeah. They moved in with Otis's mother and sister. Yes. In Jacksonville. Yes. Henry fell in love with 
Otis's 10-year-old female cousin. Correct. Whom he eventually adopted and lived with his husband and wife. That is correct. How old was she when they got adopted her? When they adopted her? Thirteen? Oh, my God. Nasty, nasty, nasty. Yeah. Um, Otis and Lucas went to work for a local roofing company, but they often missed work as they were frequently back on the road where they would rob people, pick up hitchhikers, and some believe this is when they were committing their murders. Um, in 1981, Otis's mother and sister died within a few months of each other, um, and Becky and Frank, who is Becky's younger brother, were placed in juvenile homes. Returning to Jacksonville, Henry helped obtain their release, and this is when Becky and her little brother, Frank, were taken on the road with Henry and Otis, where they were exposed to, obviously, the, the depravity of the two wow. men. It was at this time that Becky became the common-law wife of Henry, who was over 30 years older than her. When child welfare authorities launched a search for Becky and Frank in 1982, Becky fled to California with Henry. Her brother Frank eventually wound up in a psychiatric, um, psychiatric facility in 1983 after bearing witness to the brutality of his uncle and his new brother-in-law. Wow. I hate... I hate the episodes that have children. It's just so draining to me. As soon as they get involved, I'm like, I hate people. Mm -hmm. So from California, Henry and Becky made it to Texas, winding up in the All People's House of Prayer, a religious commune outside of Stoneburg, Texas. But Becky was homesick. And in August 1982, Henry took Becky back on the road, hitchhiking, returning to Florida. On the night of August 23rd, on Henry's birthday in Denton County, Texas, the two had an argument and Becky slapped Henry across the face. As he had done 22 years earlier, Henry reacted with a knife. He stabbed his young common-law wife to death. He dismembered her corpse um, before returning to Stoneburg. I would fully believe that these two were killing on the road. If he just is so quick... To grab a knife and stab and kill somebody. He'd even keep her to like torture her or anything like that. You know what I mean? For his own gratification. He just went, oh, Snapped you're done to me her. and killed her. And some people believe, and Otis even says this in a jailhouse interview, that that is the point. Like he believed right from the get go that Lucas, or sorry, that Henry killed Becky. Um, and he couldn't forgive him for that. And that's kind of when they parted ways. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. So Henry's story about Becky's disappearance was that she had left with a passing trucker. Um, three weeks later, Henry went missing the day after uh, his landlady at the time disappeared. Uh, the woman that he had been renting a room from. Her name was Kate Rich. Um, Henry's car was found abandoned in Needles, California, less than a week after um, she went missing on September 21st. Um, Henry showed up again in Stonesburg on October 18th, um, the day after his missing landlady's home was destroyed by a mysterious fire. Hmm. The police arrested Henry on a fugitive warrant from Maryland, but he was soon released. Eventually, Henry was put in jail 
um, after returning to Stonesburg on June 11, 1983, after being arrested because he was an ex-convict who possessed a handgun. So Henry was remorseful um, for his murder of Becky and had returned to the field where he had scattered her body parts. On the night of June 15, uh, Henry decided that he wanted to talk. He called for a guard and offered to um, confess his sins. I've done some bad things, he began. Henry Lee Lucas confessed to the murder of uh, Kate Rich, uh, commenting that he had killed at least a hundred more. For a year and a half, Henry confessed to multiple murders. At first, Henry estimated that he had killed 75 to 100 people. Then he boosted the body count to between 150 and 360, eventually reaching the 500 to 600 range when he factored in the killings by his friends. Henry often implicated his pal Otis Toole in many of the murders, and he also claimed that he and Toole had committed many murders as a hit squad directed by a satanic cult called the Hand of Death. Um, that's another thing, too, um, that Tool had introduced him to. Um, a cannibal, Tool sometimes ate the flesh of their victims. Um, Henry said he never joined him, but he did see it. Uh, Tool, who was serving time in Florida for arson, didn't mind being implicated in mass murder by his former lover. In fact, he offered confessions of his own by October 1983, the police were sure that Toole and Lucas had committed at least 69 killings, which they announced at a press conference. The number was increased to 81 in 1984, and by March 1985, 90 murders had been attributed to Henry in 20 states, and he and Toole were credited with a further 108 killings. Police would eventually claim over 200 murders that were solved, Due to Henry's confessions, as Henry was taken to various states and had his memory prodded about unsolved killings. Now, I want to go back a little bit because we're not doing the story on Otis Toole, but I do know that Otis Toole was raised in a spiritually alternative household. Um, his, I think, I feel like it's an insult to say that his grandmother was a pagan. Um, she practiced witchcraft, but she also practiced, um, voodoo and dark magic and and things like this and human sacrifice was the be all end all in his like he was raised to actually believe in this stuff so mm -hmm. crazy crazy so at his trial henry took responsibility for over 600 murders um he even claimed to have supplied the people's temple guy jim jones with the cyanide that affected the guyana massacre um otis tool who is now on florida's death row for murder corroborated much of Henry's confession, including his claims to have committed hundreds of murders, singly and as a duo. Henry Lee Lucas eventually recanted all of his confessions, claiming that he was only trying to improve his living conditions in jail. Um, so I do know that while in jail and while he was providing the police with all of this information, false information, um, he was basically given strawberry milkshakes whenever Every he day. wanted. <laughs> yeah. um, he didn't have to wear handcuffs when he was out of his cell. Um, I've also heard that he he had free, like he could come and go out of his cell whenever he wanted. He, he wasn't able to leave the facility, but he didn't have to sit in his cell. Oh, yeah, you can watch some of the videos, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And, you know, I he think didn't have to wear prison clothes. They were playing like, poker, I think, at one point. Yeah. Like, he was just chilling. That's right. And he was known to say, you know what? I have three hot meals. I have a bed. I don't. This is the life for me. And it, w- it really was the life for him because yeah. he also liked to talk. Mm-hmm. So him and these these uh, sheriffs or whatever, the rangers. Was it rangers? Texas rangers. Yeah, it was rangers. They, like. They almost fed into it every time he told a story. So he like you could just tell by the videos that he felt like he was almost like popular and he was like telling these stories and he's like, Oh yeah, that one. Or the next day they would bring him a next photo and be like, How about this person? You know that one? And he's like, Oh yeah, I killed that one. Where was it? And they'd be like, Was it on the interstate? And he's like, That's what it was. It was on that highway, exactly. And I shot her, strangled her, strangled her. That's exactly what I did. And it's like, ugh. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. He he eventually claimed that he only ever killed one person, his mother. Um, and because of significant doubt to Henry's guilt, his death sentence was commuted to life in prison by, at that time, Governor George W. Bush. Um, it was the sole death sentence ever vacated by the governor. And that allowed Henry Lee Lucas to die a peaceful death in prison um, there are too many contradictions in Lucas's confessions that may have led to reopening of cases. I assume this is why his sentence was commuted to life, but I also assume this is why nothing was ever resolved. He had confessed and recanted and confessed and recanted, and they didn't bother to reopen anything even though they knew he likely didn't do those crimes totally and they certainly can't believe him when he says that he's only ever killed his mother either and let him out because what happens if he just keeps on confessing like just and he did like at at one point there was like three thousand confessions Mm -hmm. on the table and like it was absolutely ridiculous that they were I don't even think they were believing it. They were just eating it up because look at how many cases we're solving around this country. No, they literally thought that they were so successful yeah. and that like they were closing all these cases and like yeah. they were, they were going to be the state with no cold files and every case that they've ever received was going to be a solved case and they they ran with it. And I think that they almost used it as an excuse to say that they also thought that they were helping families. They were giving so many families closure, and that was the good thing out of it. And it's like, yeah, but that's not the way you look at things. That's how a criminal looks at things. I did this because of this possibility. It's like, no, no, no. You all look at it from the reality side, which is in the long run, you're actually going to hurt them a lot more. Because now they're being mind-fucked. They're like, okay, if he didn't do it, who did do it? And that wasn't true, but I thought it was. And it's it's traumatizing what this man did and yeah. what the rangers allowed for him to do. Mm-hmm. So aside from Becky, um, his mom, the landlady, Henry was also convicted of murdering an unidentified female at the time she was believed to be age 13 to 17 after he was able to give details and led investigators to her remains. As recently as 2019, um, police had identified this woman, um, known as Orange Socks. 
as 21-year-old Deborah Jackson. Deborah, sadly, was never reported missing by anyone at all, ever. And they thought that she was 13 to 17? Like her remains. The only thing that she had on was a pair of orange socks. Um, But she was 21 years old? How were they that off? I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the sign stands for back there. 13 to 17. So additionally, confirmed victims of Henry Lee Lucas are Ava De Brule, Stella McLean, Marilee Bruiser, Sandra Matot, Sandra Matot, Jeannie Smith, Sherry Jarvis, Carol Cole, and Carol DeLeon. Uh, Henry was convicted of the 11 murders. And I would fully believe that he definitely did more, but probably, but who knows? <laughs> and the, I mean, there weren't more names on the list, but anybody that had the the side note that um, not confirmed on it, I took it out of the list because these are the 11 murders that he was convicted. Yeah, because um, we can't confirm them because of his stupid, weird confession issues. Right. And I mean... If anybody is interested in all of those confessions, they've got that Netflix series called The Confession Killer, and it kind of goes through everything that the Texas Rangers did to help (laughs) him confess to all of those crimes. That's the documentary you need. If you want to know about this case and you want to watch stuff and see all of it, that's the documentary Mm -hmm. you should go to. And there's also a portion of the story of the Henry Lee Lucas uh, saga, I guess, where there was a law enforcement agent that was that tried to speak up and say, hey, um, he didn't do all these crimes. You guys are, you know, you guys are not doing the right thing here. And mm-hmm. he ended up being bullied. And yeah, um, he's actually he at the time he sued a media outlet for defaming his name for buying into what he was being bullied for. Mm-hmm. So he actually won that lawsuit. So that was really good. But oh. he was he was fearful for his life. You know, he thought the Texas Rangers were coming to come and kill him and his family. Um, so, it, I mean, it was a wild ride with Henry Lee Lucas. It was. He made the Rangers feel like they were the shit. He did. <laughs> and the Rangers f- made Henry feel like he was the, the shit. shit yeah I, you know they what i just into each other as far as as far as confirmed kills we've got the three i don't personally see a value in giving it more um publicity or more time and energy to go through all those false confessions um but like i said netflix is the place to go if that's what you're interested in and that is the relatively short story of henry Lee Lucas. Gonna put a no I'm gonna shut close the, the book, book and kick it into <laughs> kick this book into the fireplace. You betcha. <laughs> Done. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share with your friends. If you don't mind giving us a five star rating, it will help our show grow. Check out our TikTok where you can find interesting photos and content on all released episodes at True Crime Story Pod. You can also find us on Facebook and YouTube at True Crime Story Podcast, where the discussion can continue. If you wish to contact us, you may do so via email at truecrimestorypod at gmail.com. I'm Bree. And I'm Char. And we'll see you on the next chapter. Bye. Bye.